0: When you give to people when they're asking to change their lives in a business context, what you're doing is robbing them from a supernatural experience with God that is not your responsibility. You're simply the guy they came to you because you were a leader. It's just they may not like the type of leadership that you are there to provide.
1: You're listening to the Redefining Wealth podcast with Patrice Washington. In today's episode, I sit down with my girl, reinvention strategist, Marshawn Evans Daniels. She says live from Atlanta that it is time for you to live bigger. Hey there, this is Patrice from patricewashington.com where we chase purpose, not money. I am so excited. I'm super excited because I finally get to hit Publish on the two episodes that we did at Redefining Wealth Live in Atlanta just a few weeks ago. And this is so exciting. If you were in the building, you already know that it was just an incredible energy, a magnetic atmosphere. It was just, for me, completely life changing. It showed me how much support you, Purpose Chasers and OG listeners, are really willing to give this podcast and to really just be a part of a community with people who believe, like I do, that wealth is so much more than money and material possessions. To see you all come together around this idea that wealth is truly about well-being and speak from the pillars like you do, it was just incredible. So if you're new here, welcome. This is going to be an exciting episode for you. Uh, Marshawn Evans Daniels has blessed us on this podcast before Her book Believe Bigger is a game changer, a life changer for sure. And I was just so incredibly blessed that she said yes when I extended the invitation to join me live in Atlanta. So it's so good that I'm not going to hold you up, but I do have to say thank you to the sponsors who supported this event to come up with this idea and have a vision and not know if people are really going to get behind it or not. is scary and I tell you guys all the time, I am not fearless. I just push through the fear and I do my best to be obedient. And because we were obedient, so many people lined up to support us. And I have to thank them before we jump in. First of all, we had such generous contribution from Selfish Babe, the app, Tax Box Pro, Atlanta's Best Realtors, and Iberia Bank Sports and Entertainment Bankers. Lyft even chimed in to give codes to attendees and my mastermind crew who was in that weekend. We had sweet treats and drinks. Thank you so much to Bel Air champagne, Moscato Life wine, pudding pie desserts, and Kay's kettle corn. It was actually my girl. We went to high school together. Shout out to Kay. And we had gift bags that were stuffed to the brim because there were so many people who said, I want to be a part of this. So thank you, thank you to the Honeypot, Vera Cafe, Girl Boss Starter Kid, Battle Bomb, ABR Brochures, Galore Beauty Lip Pencils, Eden Body Works, Miel Organics, Sweat 209 for the Sew so Atlanta Pins, Millie Mill Eye Masks, Margot Head Wraps. Man. I'm telling you, next time I invite you somewhere, you should really come (laughs) because you are going to leave with so much. And again, thank you to all of you. You know, I think initially our goal was 100 people and 186 of you showed up. 60% of you were not from Atlanta. You came from all over the country. Several people came from other parts of the world. And I just cannot thank you enough for being with me on my very first live podcast taping. And Because you were there, you already know that it's about to go down. So get ready. It's my girl, Marshawn Evans Daniels. So I think we should just get started. Y'all ready? Look, I don't know how to act. I'm not used to people. I'm not used to people. Okay. Marshawn Evans Daniels is a reinvention strategist, influence expert, and best-selling author known as The Confidence Coach. She's a media maven and master in the art of manifestation. This former Georgetown Law Center trained sports attorney and Miss America finalist turned her passion for people into a million-dollar enterprise, helping women to believe bigger, live bigger, and profit bigger. Without further ado, here's my girl, Marshawn Evans, Daniels.
0: I'm in the house and not step over money in Patrice's house. And you
1: guys know better. You know we pick up change. <laughs> we do. See, I listen. Little opportunities. Yes. Hey, everyone. Oh,
0: look at all this beautiful chocolate. I know. I
1: that, just, don't you just want to?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I understand why she's speechless. I can see destiny over everybody.
1: And it is strong. So, you know, I always have to give backstory. So you guys already know that uh, Marshawn and I know each other, but I have to at least tell you how she got here. So she invited me to her birthday party in Mexico in August. With What happens in Mexico stays in Mexico. This is true. But one of the things that happened was she said... I don't even remember what you said. I need you to do something. It was real lighthearted. And I was like, and I need you to speak at Redefining World Live. While we're in bikinis. She said, I need you to get me a a, a soda. And I was like, okay, and I need you. Um, I have been waiting for you to ask me something. Uh, And you know what she said? I don't even have to check the calendar. I got you. And I was like... Huh? She was like, wait, I may have to check the calendar, but it doesn't matter. I got you. I'm there. And I'm so grateful that she's here because you don't run across people every day who have the ability to speak life into you when they're not even trying. We're supposed to be having fun in the pool. Lord, why am I tearing up in the pool? Is this pool water or are these tears? Right, and so how many of you heard the original episode with Marshawn? Believe bigger, okay? That so. was such a special one. I was like feeling all of heaven before we got on.
0: That was one of the first. That was before the book came out. Yeah, in advance, and it was like I've done a lot of interviews in my life, but there was something special about it in advance. And now, a, over now a year later. All of the people that still... It's like the timeless word, living word coming through. And I was feeling... And you gave me the opportunity to believe that this
1: message mattered before it even came out. Because I read it and I remember telling you, you can tell that you poured everything into this book. Thank you. You poured everything into it. And so we know from the book Believe Bigger... Well, first of all, let's take us back because some people... Don't know a little doesn't bit about. Know. Raise Who your know? Hand. Believe bigger. You haven't read it yet. Doesn't know. Shame them for the for the two. Shame them. No. So, just give us an overview of Believe Bigger. What that means and why you wrote the book. Sure. So I have been really
0: blessed to build a very successful company that generates multiple seven figures in the coaching space where it's a challenging space. Most women don't make more than $25,000 a year in their coaching company. And people can look at the branding and things that look really polished and think that success is really just about strategy. But I know it started at a rock bottom season. My shift started um, six days before my wedding, when I was engaged, and I find out on Monday morning, in October, literally it's 10 years ago, almost to the day that we're here, whew, <laughs> um, Monday morning, I find out that in, in, the wedding is on Sunday, Saturday, and I find out that my fiance is cheating on me. Yeah. And um, so I went through a rock bottom season. In the book, I call it a split rock moment. And I had to pull way back. Now, this was before I was into coaching. I had a sports agency at the time. I had been on the show, The Apprentice, that used to get an applause before the current 45. <laughs> <laughs> We're like, <laughs> times have changed. <laughs> and um, so I was like, hey, how?" I'm at a place now because I had closed my sports business down for this relationship. And so I didn't know how I was going to pay my bills. And I was embarrassed and um, I went through this process of reinvention and I was trying though actually to figure out how I was gonna make income because all these athlete clients that I had, my first client was the highest paid defensive end in the NFL. He just signed a $62 million seven year deal. So my sports agency was doing it great. So it's a lot to give all that up for love. And now I'm like, how did you leave me here, God? I've been making all the right decisions. I've been doing everything you've asked. I, 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 I. And the day after the wedding was scheduled to take place, some of y'all remember when uh, Puffy had a restaurant here called Justin's? Mm-hmm. We had a I Love Marshawn dinner as opposed to a rehearsal dinner because a lot of people still had their tickets, so they couldn't get their money back, so they still flew into town. So anyway, um, once everybody left, I'm leading up against this luxury vehicle that my ex had bought me. I did tell him we weren't getting married. You're going to have to read the book to get all the details. It's actually a pretty good story. But I said, God, why did this happen to me? And he said, you're going to be able to change the lives of women like never before. I did not say amen. (laughs) I was like, could you not have just sent me a memo? Yeah. And what I didn't realize was happening was that I was about to step into a season of significance and assignment that was different than success. And because we live in this hollow world of life-changing, which is not really life-changing, it's stunting on the gram, which is a very big difference. Just because you saw someone do it, you say, I'm going to do it, but I believe in calling. That's why I'm so grateful yes. to be able to sit on, I know you were talking about another, another couch, but this is such like a prosperity couch right now. <laughs> I wrote this because I recognized that I could sign the highest paid defensive end in the NFL when I was on assignment. What was once soil became dirt when it was no longer my assignment. It wasn't about my skill set. It wasn't about my intelligence. And sometimes we're so smart, we're so successful that we have to be stripped because the resume will go uh, unchecked and it'll just keep going with momentum and we'll keep fueling it and fueling it and going and going and going. And something had to interrupt and disrupt me. And so for me, it was the engagement being called off and the wedding being called off. But through that process, I discovered that I wasn't just good at strategy, that I, was, I had a unique eye, I think now a superpower for helping women step into their purpose. And I learned that it's not about believing for more stuff. To believe big, B-I-G means built in God. We've got to de- develop the, the eye of God, the mind of God, to see what he sees, I wanna believe not just in what I can do or what's possible, I wanna see what you see,
1: which is going to look like nothing at first. Don't skip over that, because that's, that's the part we don't wanna hear. It's going to look like nothing first. Yes. Like you said when you came onto the stage, you said, how is this going
0: to happen? So when he said you're gonna change the lives of women like never before, what I really wanted to say is, you know I don't like women don't front. (laughs) We can be really evil to each other. Horrible. And I found out that my fiance was cheating on me from the woman who was sleeping with him. So now in the midst of this, less than 24 hours later, my life is turned upside down by a woman. And you're going to tell me that my assignment is women. Why do you think I was working with professional athletes? I was one of those women who said, I just get along better with, I have more male friends. And now I firmly believe that it is impossible for a woman to step into her destiny without being in alignment in the presence of other women.
1: Yes. I believe
0: that wholeheartedly. Yes. I believe that. You are Mary, I am an Elizabeth And in some situations I'll be Mary You'll be Elizabeth But what you're carrying, I carry What I carry, you carry Just like you were carrying yes. Christ I got John the Baptist We've got to be in alignment with each other yeah. And so believing bigger Discovering path to your, the path to your life purpose Is not about more stuff It's about believing in an unseen realm Of things that you cannot see Regardless of what it is that you see Because what you see will look like nothing But when you look in the unseen realm You will see everything and then stuff that your mind couldn't even conceive
1: so what gets edited out of the podcast are all my pauses when i'm like that was a word see that's my friend give me friend thank you wow yeah so that's believing bigger and now, because you can go and listen to that other podcast episode yeah. and get the book. Because one now, thing about the bigger part, yeah. because I felt
0: this morning when I woke up that there's some folks who are in their split rock right now, meaning it may not be infidelity. It might be infidelity. You don't have to raise your hand, put it out there. I mean, I put mine all the way out there, <laughs> but you don't have to do that. It could be a job that didn't work out, a relationship that's rocky, children that you're like... I God, I prayed over you. What is happening? It could be something, but this is where your shift really happens is when you press into that higher dimension of, the, of belief. It says in Isaiah 55, 8, 9, it says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways, his ways, higher than your ways and my thoughts, higher than your thoughts. So sometimes we're thinking on ground view and we need to step onto the highway, to be able to pass over what we're going through, but it's gonna take some work. And work is a four letter word that a lot of us don't
1: like. Right, that leads me to this quote from the book. God prepares before he provides. He gets things and us ready for that new reality, and he doesn't call us prematurely. So what happens when we think we're believing bigger, but we are actually moving before? our time because we haven't taken time to do the work.
0: That's good. I was told y'all Patrice really reads people's books. <laughs> <laughs> she reads stuff and you're like, I wrote that? Like she read her she read my book better than I read my book.
1: <laughs> what was the first part to say God prepares? God before- prepares before he provides. He gets things and yes. us ready for a new reality and he does not call us prematurely.
0: Absolutely. I believe that God matures you before He moves you into your next season. We think He's delaying, but He's really developing, and some of the delay is our lack of willingness to submit to the development. I think you should say that one more time. Rewind on the podcast. (laughs) Here's the, When I thought about that, I thought about the Garden of Eden. And I thought about how he, God spent the majority of the time working on a place for us to enter into, for Adam and Eve to come into. And even with Adam coming before Eve, he made sure that everything was ready before the arrival. Now, it says in scripture, like in chapter one, that he made them both male and female. But that was before Adam and Eve actually showed up. This is what happens with me in my closet. I just see this and I'm like, what? What happened? How is this possible? Why did he make us before he, we see him bringing Adam from the dust to the ground, right? And so he's already prepared a future version of you. You haven't seen you yet. The reason you're here is because destiny is calling you into the real version of you. You've been living in your shadow. And that version of you is the part of you that says, it's time for me to start preparing. But when we start messing up is when we start rushing, right? And we think that we're entitled to it or we get caught up on what we're seeing as because somebody made a million dollars in 90 days... We think if we don't make our first 10,000, that something is wrong with us. Here's the thing that's important to know. I truly believe that it is, you know, in law, we call I'm a lawyer by trade, we would call it malpractice to go and represent a client without the level of wisdom, depth, experience necessary to handle the problems of that client. How many of you wanna be life changers like authors, speakers, coaches, you feel like you have a message and a mission? Purpose chasers, right? If you do not develop the depth of your gift, why should God send you real brokenness? Can you handle, if you're in a surgical room and you, you come in and you have a situation you have never seen before, the person is going to die on the table and under your watch. Now, when you say that you are a daughter of the most high, it's not just on your watch. Now you have his banner upon you and you're being negligent with the people that you've prayed to receive, but you haven't developed your gift. So I think that this entire social media landscape should be easy for us as believers to decipher the truth, the substance from the hollow But what has really angered me in this season is how many believers are out here stunting and not developing their gift. And we are the believers. And so when people say, I can trust you because you're a believer, when really you're just utilizing that for marketing, because now it's popular Ooh. to be a Christian and b- blend faith and business together. But when it comes to someone who's really dealing with their son about to commit suicide or they're about to commit suicide, if you have not been operating in your assignment, not just your calling, there is a difference. When you are called, that's just the beginning. The assignment comes with development. It comes with work. It comes with having a launch where nobody buys anything.
1: Hello, Hello. It comes, with, it comes with losing. It comes with all of that. And that's, what, and that's when people give up. Yeah. So you say that this is the call, but then you do something, you launch something and one person signs up and you're like, well, maybe I didn't hear. Yeah. That must have not been it. Maybe you did
0: hear, but maybe you tried to just copy what you saw online and tried to replicate it and do it yourself. Did you get a mentor? Did you get a guide? Because somehow when it comes to us doing something that God calls us to do, we don't get proper development. When it's school, we go to school. Like when it, when I wanted to be a lawyer, I had to go to a school to become a lawyer. I couldn't pray my way into the bar. I mean, I prayed a lot, but I had to take classes. I had to develop it. I had to work on it. And I think for some reason, we spit in God's face when we do not... We do not fund the mission that he has placed inside of our mouth and our heart and our hands. What I mean by that is, we don't invest in ourselves properly. I will tell you, working with big companies
1: is, is, is a cakewalk compared to working with believers. Yeah, can I, can I co-sign that? Yeah. yeah, because we want a it's- free webinar our way into a million dollars. And you got you know I talk about this on Instagram. You you sent me a message one day. You were like, "Well, who who peed in your Cheerios?" You because <laughs> I was going in on Instagram about this whole. Well, I watched the free webinar and the stuff didn't work, ma'am. Ma'am, You watched spirit. a free webinar and you want the results of someone who actually put years of patience and in practice into this. How? You have not done the preparation. So why would you expect the same results? Well, it happens every Sunday.
0: There has been a one-dimensional teaching around what spiritual development requires. Tithes, offering, building fund, (laughs) uh, giving. There are so many other dimensions to money. There are so many other dimensions to development and stewardship. We can call it stewardship in Bible land. I call it maturity, acumen, business acumen. And on Sunday, we can go and get a great message with absolutely no accountability or responsibility for it. And we've been taught that we can hope and wish and pray. And I believe in that, but I say God blesses moving targets and he will know what you're serious about when he sees what you sacrifice. Every disciple sacrificed literally everything. Y'all must've just talked about sacrificing.
1: Oh, I was saying, y'all know I say, God knows what you're waiting on when he sees what you're working on. He knows what you're waiting on when he sees the work you're putting in. He doesn't know what you're waiting on when you just keep knocking. Pastor
0: doesn't know what you're working on. Right? So you go every Sunday, we give. I want you to hear the spirit behind what I'm saying because I'm a church girl. I learned about Jesus, the Holy Spirit. I believe in laying hands on people. I learned all of that on Sunday. But I was raised also as a competitive baton twirler, competing at international level. So for me, faith was always a contact sport. And I didn't know that people thought that it was just about sitting in the pew on Sunday and writing the check as though that were what it was about. I want you to bless what I'm doing outside, right? And so on Sunday, I mean, I used to get very frustrated to the point that I was going to quit. Because when I started in this space, there really wasn't anyone doing faith in business together. And I would pray and literally felt like I was about to pray blood because I was like, you can't ask me to do that. There are, I don't have an example. I don't have a friend. I don't have a mentor. The pastors were like, you don't need to worry about the money. And then the business mentors, they were worshiping crystals, doing all kinds of stuff in the universe that didn't align with my belief system. So it was, it was hard. And then I was like, okay, God, I'm going to go send, I'm going to go where you sent me and then your people are coming and they are tearing me apart to the point where I'm physically sick because of how they misuse scripture for their own good. To try to get something for free. Well, you should come to the seminar even though you didn't book the room that you said, we have a contract. You didn't fill the room the way you say you did. But then they'll say, well, Jesus would have come for one. (laughs) Or you have not because you ask not. All of this is a poverty mindset dressed up as faith. Yeah. So we've been conditioned. We literally have been conditioned on Sunday to believe that being present, to talk that talk when we say God is good. All the time. And all the time. God is good. Well, I started seeing people say that and I started seeing literally the spirit of poverty over people while they were in church. And God showed me an eye to say that people have now become ritualistic about my revelation and they don't actually understand the word. So I want to say it's not our
1: fault, but it is our responsibility Yeah, to do
0: something better. And
1: Yeah. And so how do you transition from just believing bigger to then living bigger? Because I've heard you say that. Living bigger. How do you know when you're actually living bigger versus when you are competing and comparing yourself with other people's versions of... Living Bigger.
0: That's good. So when um, you told me you wanted to talk about living bigger, I really, my mind first came to what's blocking your blessing to begin with. So in Believe Bigger, there's this middle space where we are shifting from our comfort zone to our glory zone in this middle space called the gap. And a lot of people are gappers and they don't realize it and aren't willing to admit it. Gappers talk about what God is going to do all the time I've met gappers who honestly have mentored me in things in the gospel for example and um, but I still say them see them stuck in the same place they've known me since I was three so I just turned 40 (laughs) still letting this soak in Um, but I said why God if they taught me about praying in tongues and interceding in the spirit Why are they there in this space? And he has shown me time and time again, they think that's all that there is to it. As though just being anointed is enough and it's not. It's not. And so I started, and then as I started coaching and we built our coaching company, I mean, my first event, I had 35 people and now our larger events will have 500 to 600 people. I decided I wanted to be the Rolls Royce of coaching so that black women would see an example of not being a pauper and being a Christian. So our, my first seminar, I charged $1,497. And the one we have this week is $3,700 per person. I throw out numbers because I think it's important. You'll never attract that which you are uncomfortable talking about. Yes. And uh, there's some white folk, and they talk about money all the time. And I was like, <laughs> I learned that principle. And our masterminds are anywhere from ten to fifty thousand dollars. So in doing that, I see the mindset of what it really looks like, not sounds like, what it looks like for someone to change their life. Mm-hmm. What it, and for me, it starts three. There's three big things that I thought about. There are a lot of blessing blockers that I talk about that keep people in the gap. Number one is definitely comparison. Comparison, comparison is always going to leave you with uh, one of two bad endings. One, you're going to think you are less than someone else. That's why social media can have you just
1: wanting to cry. Like, (laughs) and you were fine like two seconds before. You no, seriously. Let's stop and talk about this. He's like, I just have you ever been completely okay with your day and you open Instagram and saw something and you don't even Facebook whatever. And it's not that you, in that moment, felt some sense of envy or jealousy or something, but all of a sudden, your mood shifted. Now someone called your name, you're like, what, what, what? But you were fine a few minutes ago. Babe, why you make me grits like that? Oh, I love to tell Gerald, i will be like, nobody ever gave me flowers on a Tuesday at 6.21 p.m. for no reason. He's like, I give you flowers all the time. What are you talking about? You're right. I'm sorry. Husbands are going to be in the back swapping stories. But you know what it is?
0: It's a spirit of want. I remember when I first started speaking about, I mean, a few years ago. And um, want is an acronym, W-A-N-T. It stands for waiting and nothing transpires. And so it it is super, it's incredibly pervasive in the realm of the social media realm. And so that's one thing we have to watch for. One, it can make you feel inferior. You'll judge somebody's highlight reel, right, as opposed to their real life. I remember um, Jeff Johnson, I heard him on a panel once say, the resume only tells the good stuff. Right. Right? And so we begin to feel inferior. The other dangerous thing about comparison is that it will make you arrogant. It will make you feel like you're further along, you're better than, and you'll start to misjudge people um, and you'll become arrogant. The other element in there, I think, is also it can create a competitiveness. So either you're going to cower, you're going to be conceited, or you're going to turn into a negative version of competitiveness that we, as black women, have been taught to embrace as a badge of honor. Mm. Because we were told we had to be better than everybody else. Does that mean I need to be better than my sister? No, but we weren't taught where where to draw the line. We were just told you've got to be better than everybody else. Nobody taught me anything else. I had to learn this from being humbled. Can we have, is this real talk? Yeah. We haven't been taught not to compete with each other, which is why we're awful to each other sometimes. The second thing, uh, so there is comparison. I believe that, um, Poor and pitiful self-investment is the second thing that really holds us back. Pitiful self-investment. And a lot of times we are operating what we think is in faith, believing that God is going to do it.
1: And even we pray poverty prayers. Uh Uh-oh, give us an example. (laughs) Because you may not think your prayer is the poverty prayer, and it is, so I want you to know. A poverty prayer can come via the form of an email where
0: you say, well, I know that you don't give scholarships, but the Bible says I have not because I ask not. So I just wanted to, and then you start getting way too personal and too intimate. I don't want to know what's not in your bank account. That's none of my business. That's like opening up your underwear drawer and exposing it to my entire customer service team because I don't get your email. I know you said, hi, Marshawn, but it is coming to my team. Right. And you think that putting your heart and transparency, that is what a beggar does when they need food. And we have not been taught how to utilize what we already have. This happens in scripture. It happens in where the prophet Elijah meets the woman with the jars of oil and she has nothing. She has nothing. This is what really helped me to to own being a, a believer and a businesswoman because I felt like it was my job to come down to somebody's level of struggle to help get them out.
1: Yes, you know you wanna snap. The business owners, I see you, Alex. When you get... We... I've done that. I've it's done tough. that. I've literally been growing out of that. It's Because heart. my heart is like, oh, but she got kids. She got the story. And she said... Yeah. That Jesus brought her to me.
0: And here's where I have to learn the difference between ministry and business. Yeah. A ministry meets a need and a business meets a need, but a ministry meets a need that people are not willing to pay for. I love God. I have chosen to say that if someone is confused about what side of the line or where I stand in this season and heaven is watching, which it is, I want God to know I always said his name. That's just the way I roll. That's the way I do it. And so with that, people are only used to hearing God in a Sunday context. So they think, because people would say, I'm so blessed by your ministry. And I didn't understand what that meant because I was not I was raised in church, but I wasn't raised in ministry. And so what I've come to understand through that story with the prophet Elijah, the woman with the jars of oil, was that he told her, what do you already have? Like she had the story. My husband is gone. My son is like, just me and my son, and we're going to die, right? The tax collectors are coming. We don't, and he was like, there's a moment, even when I read it, I feel like he paused. And it was that pause that I now give myself permission to have too. And the pause resulted in no, as opposed to my natural reaction would be a, yes, I'll help you right? Yeah. If your goal in coming here is to go from being a beggar to a builder, then I cannot respond to you on a beggar level. A builder level will require you to go up. So he said, what do you yes. already have in your hand? Now, here's the thing that you do if, when you have clients, when you give to people, when they're asking to change their lives in a business context, What you're doing is robbing them from a supernatural experience with God that is not your responsibility. You're simply the guide. They came to you because you were a leader. It's just, they may not like the type of leadership that you are there to provide. So no is sometimes the way that you help them go higher. Because then when the oil started pouring, you know the story, it kept going. Yeah. It didn't come from the prophet. That was a unique experience that she needed to have with God for herself. So sometimes my job as a coach is to say no. But my job also is to charge premium pricing to represent the caliber of who I am, what I've been through. The $12,000 I spent in my first mastermind, the $50,000 I spent in the next one, the 10 years that it's taken me to get to be able to do $2 million in an hour. If you want to learn at that level, it is not, I, and I, I'm... I'm It always, I always feel it when someone presents their story. Mm -hmm. I've had to train and teach my staff too, but they're like, but, 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 but when we say, here is how, here are the options, we've made every option available. It's amazing how many people will figure it out for themselves when you say here, and maybe the next time the opportunity will come around. But that is one of the things that has been the hardest in being a believer business owner. Right. But it has been the thing that I had to learn. It's not my responsibility. I didn't create their circumstances, so it's not my responsibility
1: to get them out of it. Woo. I wanna go rethink my whole life and business right now. No, that's, and I see that. I see that now that I'm doing programs. And I see, because for so many years, you got, many of you may know this, you know, I have just been out here as a speaker and a media personality and doing my thing, radio, television, whatever. And I never had programs. So when I started to run programs, I got all of the stories. And when I look at the ladies who said, you know what, I don't really have it, but I know I need this. So I'm willing to do whatever it takes because this is the experience that I need. And then I've watched them grow. This is them. And then I've watched them grow over the last several months. I know that I did them I did them a service by holding the line and not shrinking back to what I would know because I grew up in church and everybody like, well, you know, I tell you guys all the time Church will pimp your gifts. I'm st- I- Y'all know who I was. You came all the way here. You know what this is. I've said it on the podcast. We get caught up in giving, 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 and not knowing when it's our turn to have the opportunity to be poured into or to be able to utilize our gifts in a way that we can actually prosper. We don't understand the
0: sacredness of gift regardless of the place. Mm -hmm. The pulpit is no more sacred than this moment right here. Right? I wrote in Believe Bigger that anywhere, a woman's place is anywhere God sends her and anywhere God sends her is holy ground, Mm -hmm. right? Because Jesus did all this stuff outside. So, I mean, I had to get comfortable. This is like 10 years worth of understanding and developing and processing this whole faith and business thing together. The other thing I would say is that also holds us back, the third thing that really stood out to me is pride. Particularly in how we um, don't, when we can, where the investment isn't an issue, but you don't want to look like someone who needs help. And I've wondered um, sometimes being here in Atlanta, why I have this circle of people that I know that I can help, right? And I had three people who were coming from different states this week to our speaking and coaching retreat. And they're friends of mine, and they didn't tell me they were registering before they purchased, invested in this ticket. And I'm always humbled when that happens, because I feel like sometimes we don't really... We, admire, we might admire people, but we don't really submit to a place of let me iron sharpen you right and so one of the women I mean I I I I called them and I told them I see you because that's some actually really big woman stuff like big girl stuff and you may not fully relate to what I'm talking about right now or you might there might be certain people that are in your peer circle that you know can be a support to you but you don't want to look like Right? You don't want to look like that. And as you go higher and higher, you'll see this even more. And I just think it's something that, for me, I want to be a woman who, if there's something else that another woman has, I don't want to let my pride stand in the way of my supernatural assignment. Mm-hmm. Right? So there, I met Patrice years ago at an event, and... There was a lot of people that were at that event, but I didn't know Patrice at all. But for some reason, for years later, God gave me a snapshot of this moment as though I didn't give her the proper attention, like the true eye contact. If I'll say it this way, it was kind of like big timing, is the best way
1: I can describe it. So let me say it from my perspective too. <laughs> okay, so we had never met in person, but we both wrote for Upscale Magazine. So every time I would have an article there, pretty much every time I flipped the page in one direction or another, Marshawn would be in there too and we both had our little boxes. And I'd be like, look, I'm just so, look at her. Like I just, you know, you know. You'd be like, oh, I like her. Oh, good. So I go to an event where there were not a lot of melanated people. Is that how you say it? There weren't a lot of brown people. So I saw her and I was pumped. Right, so I was like, oh, she don't see me yet. She doesn't see she doesn't see me yet. I need to get closer, right? Because clearly, if I'm flipping the page, she's flipping the page too, right? Okay. So then I went up to her and I was like, "Hi, Marshawn." And she was like, "Hey." I was. Like, Oh, okay. All right. Okay, now pick it up. I don't remember it exactly like...
0: (laughs) I honor everybody's experience, their perspective. But it was something that, I don't know, it could have been probably four years later, probably four or five years later. And the Holy Spirit literally said, you need to find her and you need to apologize to her. This is years later. And I was like, okay, maybe we'll run into each other. Then he started waking me up in my sleep. And I remember we finally got to talk to each other, and the day we had, like, we, you know, now I, I was trying to get on her schedule, which was hard. This t- <laughs> she, and so we get on, well, we were supposed to have a call at that time, and it goes to voicemail. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe... She missed my call and uh, let me try again. It goes to voicemail again, and then
1: she says, Oh, when she called me up, she goes, I fell asleep. I was doing media that day, were, I was on a tour and were, I was doing I was media. Like, I thought early. it was perfect though, actually.
0: It didn't matter to me the moment, the time, how long I had to wait. I knew that it was not only important for me to be obedient, not only to him to reconcile what I didn't even, because we were not, we didn't have a relationship, like we might have known each other sort of on social media, but it was so heavy that I knew there was something that I just needed to come from a place of humility and say, I messed up that day. (laughs) And as black women, we do not really apologize to each other and honor people for who they are and what they carry. And all I wanted to tell you, which I did that day, as I said, I see you in your gift. I see you. And I celebrate you from afar. And it's been really cool. Like, we've been working on developing a friendship. Mm -hmm. And then we like the beach and the sun, Mexico. (laughs) But I said it then. I say, I've said this to you multiple times before, that I commit to being a, a good girlfriend, you don't ever have to bring me on stage. You don't ever have to put me on a microphone. You don't owe me nothing. I commit to being a great friend. I commit to being a um, resource for your daughter. I commit to that. <laughs> I'll see that. The... And when I say pride, I don't just mean like competitiveness because I didn't, it wasn't about competitiveness. I was wounded. I was growing really fast, very successful, and I didn't trust anybody because almost every black woman who introduced themselves to me wanted something and nobody ever reciprocated on what I was giving. So I didn't realize that I was really just super guarded. Mm -hmm. I was wounded and that was, that was really the beginning of that. Real, I mean, I had a whole Noah's flood in my company where I had to let a lot of people go and all of that. So this was a, a part of me saying, you know what, God, I just want to show myself friendly.
1: Yeah. And I will never forget getting up in that bed and taking that phone call and feeling like, wow, that's a grown woman. You got to be grown to own that because she didn't own me that, but I received it. And I'm grateful for the relationship that we're building. So thank you so much for being here. One
0: question, I want you all to think about, is there somebody that that's a call? The call you wish you had received that you probably will never get, can you make that call to somebody else? Because it's not about you getting an apology, right, for things that have been done wrong from other people. But sometimes something just shifts in the atmosphere when you just totally allow your heart to just be purely just contrite and humble. And even just being here with your team, like you have a phenomenal group of women around you and you deserve every bit of it. Thank you, thank you.
1: (sighs) Okay, so Marshawn, before I let you go. I have to ask you a few redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions. Just say the first thing that comes to mind, okay? How do you define success? In alignment with divine assignment. In alignment with divine assignment. How do you define wealth or in three words or less? Kisses from... hubby? Oh, by the way, the guy that,
0: you know, if you read the book, you know that he's chapter 16. He's my happy ending. <laughs> um, I'm learning to be content with what I have so that I have everything I already need. And, and
1: from my, when I'm in that space, it continues to amplify and grow. Mm, that's good. OK, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? I have to say this book Believe Bigger because the last event
0: I did, our large event, when I heard God say, this is your last one, it was called Speak for Pay. And it was growing, I had this team, I felt like we finally knew what we were doing. And I knew before I launched it that God said this was gonna be the last one. And I said that and people thought it was marketing and I was like, I don't play with God said. i like, that's what he really, I felt him say. And so I stepped away from an event that did almost $2 million to write a $25 book because I really want to be in alignment with what he wants for me. I really believe that my life is not your own. But I also had a staff. And I also had this office loft building. And I've learned that this has taught me about spiritual wealth. It has taught me about being the capital of the kingdom. I'll put it that way. Being the capital of the kingdom. And there's never been a time where God asked me to do something where it fails. It might be slow. Right, because I didn't make a million dollars from this book. But when I get an email or an inbox message where someone said, I thought I was about to get married and because I read your story, I called my wedding off too. I get one of those every day. When I get a message where someone said, I am coming out of depression and I'm only in chapter two, the capital of the kingdom. So if I'm gonna do this for money, then I'm really a prostitute of the world. Can we be the capital of the kingdom? I'll be honest with you because I love goals, success. I love achieving milestones. I was like, this is going to hit a bestseller list. It didn't hit a bestseller list. And it's really caused me to look even more at my heart and for those layers to continue to be stripped about really being a pure vessel. Yeah. So I'm still working on it. But this book has been one of the most difficult things. I'm working on my next one. And my husband is like, do we have to do this again? (laughs)
1: Yeah, we do. Yeah. There's yeah. <laughs> there's definitely more. It's phenomenal. Thank you so it much. It really is. It's thank phenomenal. Thank you for
0: sharing this as generously as you have. I've never had a black female with that level of like marketing support the way that you did. I don't think I can name that.
1: So thank you. It's my honor. Yeah, it's my honor. One last thing. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is, and to me, the truth about wealth is.
0: My name is Marshawn Evans Daniels. And to me, the truth about wealth is that abundance is an inside job. Yes.
1: Yes. (laughs) Thank you you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, hey, before I let you go, this is supposed to be a time for Q&A, but I would love for just a couple people to share, if they've read Believe Bigger or if you followed Marshawn in some capacity, just a nugget or two about how she's blessed your life. Because sometimes I want, I want to have a voice to it above, above and beyond a DM, because it's good to read it, but I feel like sometimes you need to hear it too. Um, do we have one or two people? Yes. Yes. One right here. And, and then we'll do you.
2: Hello, Marshawn. Thank you so much for doing this. My name is Leslie Walton, and I read your book, I think, maybe last year sometime. And I just want to say thank you for going through what you had to go through and dropping that person who hurt you and not sticking with it, even though you knew it with a lot of women do that. You know, he's mine. He's doing this. You know, all that stuff. And just keep to say they had a man. I appreciate you for doing that because I am so pro-breakup if he's not doing what he's
1: supposed (laughs) to do. Hashtag (laughs) pro-breakup. Thank you, Leslie. Thank you. And then young lady back here.
2: Hi, Marshawn. My name is Shamika Ha and I read your book last year. Um, It's when I was transitioning through my shift Without the F. And um, it helped me. Let that soak in. (laughs) Take the F. (laughs) Word shift without an F. And it helped me. um, I was going through a divorce and it helped me recognize where I was in my life because I'm in a very pivotal transition. And your book helped me identify a lot of things about the little me and who I am in God. And the thing that I'm focusing on now as I go back and read your book and do your devotional is. A lot of times you say, you say, a lot of times we, we." but we, it's easy for us to believe in God, but we don't believe in ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so in not believing in God and who he's created us to be, that's saying we don't believe in him. I just appreciate everything you've done. I love what you represent. Again, I like that you are a woman of God about this coin, because we're called to go out in the world <laughs> and, and, you know, prosper. And so I love you. And Jack, I appreciate you all. And thank you.
1: Thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> Marshawn, thank you for being here again. (laughs) Thank you
0: all so much. And I really, um, I want to encourage you to stay as closely connected to this woman as you possibly can. The best thing that you can do for your life is to have a destiny mindset and an eye set to be able to see someone who also has a destiny skill set. And if you miss that, she can be your Mary to your Elizabeth and you might miss entering into your season. And as believers, we should be able to see it, but also stay close to those who can usher us into new levels. You don't have to know what that new level is. You just have to perceive when you see a woman who makes your baby leap. God bless you all. Thank you so much.
1: All right. Isn't she amazing? Oh my gosh. I'm just blown away. Such a rich conversation. I really think it's one of those that I'll need to go back to and listen to again. I was so in the moment and so surprised, not surprised, but I was super pumped to have an audience. (laughs) So I was into their reactions and their oohs and ahs. So I'm still processing. But again, a big thank you to my girl, Marshawn. Thank you to all of you who came out live. My dream, I hope, my wish is really to do redefining wealth live podcast tapings all over the country if you would be down for that i need some some love i need you to tell me where you are and if i should come so hit me up in social media seek wisdom pcw you can find me on facebook instagram or twitter um, even on linkedin seek wisdom pcw or patrice washington listen i want to know should we take this show on the road because it was just incredible It was incredible. Now it's a high I'm definitely going to be chasing. Thank you again to the sponsors and stay tuned because, you know, this was only part one. The second interview I did at the live podcast taping is also with my girl, my good, good friend, Brandy Harvey. And boy, when I tell you, she put it down. So get ready because next week we're going to be talking about breakthroughs so separately with my girl, Brandy Harvey. Uh, Until then... I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Talk to you later.
2: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun...